Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this next edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crowdy. And we are thrilled to be with you again. I think, Father Travis, this is now episode seven. We're just hey. uh, trucking along right here. We are. Eventually, you'll figure out how to not get tangled in a bunch of the mic cords before I know. we record. I looked like a spider getting myself all entangled in all of these, getting the before equipment. We started, before we started this podcast, you wanted to do video recording. So Can you imagine? I was the one who said <laughs> that would be a bad idea. Can you would you have imagine? been all tangled up in that. I know. And probably like some sort of fake plant as well that would be behind us right now. <laughs> it would take hours. We'd have to be setting up the mic equipment, the makeup. video equipment. Well, I don't know about makeup, but getting the lighting right. That's right. The, the fake FICA plant in the background just off your right shoulder. <laughs> Between two ferns. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, that would be a bit much. Just handling but the podcast equipment. I'm glad plenty. we didn't do the vlog, the video podcast. We're just here. Normal podcast. Yeah. Coming to you. Just chilling vocally. That's right. That's right. That's right. But it's good to be with you again, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. A little uh, update from Father Travis over here. I am feeling some serious FOMO right now in my life. Um, mm, tell us about well, that. Well, I'm a millennial, so that's just kind of a given. Of course. And I, Instagram isn't open right in front of me, so I feel it a little bit all the time. Right. But uh, you just got back, Father Shane, from uh, the week at the lakes. Yes, um, which and you weren't there. I wasn't there for the first time in nine years. Right. It's a long time. The lakes, for everybody listening, refers to Lake Okoboji and the surrounding area in northern Iowa. Right. So for all of our listeners who are not familiar with Iowa, there is, out in the middle of nowhere, kind of a theme of this show, out in the middle of nowhere, there is this oasis in the wow. fields of Iowa where the, I believe, the only naturally spring-fed lake in oh. Iowa. It's fed from underneath. Wow. Uh, it's a naturally spring-fed lake. Mm-hmm. A series of lakes, large lakes um, in Okaboji, Iowa. And we take the seminarians there uh, every year. It's an opportunity for some discernment. Um, and after nine years of being in seminary formation, yeah. you were not with us at the Vienna no, House. At the Vienna House. The Vienna House this is funny when I tell folks too. I say it's a lake house, which is very generous. I mean, it's an old farmhouse. It's an old farmhouse that yeah. happens to be near the lake, but near it's it. not yes. on the lake. It's no. like two, three blocks from the lake. It's not beachfront property. It's definitely not that, but it definitely does have kind of a, a nice homey feel. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've kind of country esque. Country esque, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very uh, shabby chic, as you might say. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been good. But you guys had a good time with the seminary. We did. There? You know, uh, for our listeners, every year, the Knights of Columbus, Go Knights, great Catholic men's organization. <laughs> That's right. They, uh, for decades now, have been very generous in sponsoring a convocation of all the seminarians for the four dioceses of Iowa. Oh, yeah. We were scheduled uh, to be in Des Moines. The Des Moines Diocese was to host us for our annual three-day convocation, which gives the men an opportunity to learn other seminarians from the neighboring dioceses. Mm-hmm of whom you might be assigned to very close, just along diocesan borders someday. But we also have the opportunity at those convocations to discuss a theme that is not part of regular seminary formation. Right. Like last year's theme, uh, when we were in Ames, Iowa, 
and the Archdiocese of Dubuque was hosting us, we looked at the history of the evangelization of Iowa. Yeah. Who were some of the great uh, pioneers and missionaries that brought the faith to this land? So these kind of vocations are great, but we didn't have an opportunity this year. So we had some extended days due to the COVID pandemic by ourselves. And we read, uh, we kind of did a book study this year. Yeah. The men read Kevin Wells' new book on priesthood. Yes. You gave that to me and I'm halfway through it. Uh-huh. Wonderful. Yeah. It's a great read. It's very great. inspiring. It's inspiring. It kind of puts you in check a little bit too. Yeah, it kind of slaps you around a little bit. Like, you bet. You better be living the priesthood that it together. Jesus has called you to. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the people need it, right? Right. Right. And they want authentic shepherds. So we did a book study on that. We went over the annual gripping lecture on the Seminarian Handbook and all updated so, policies. So riveting. <laughs> wow. But More importantly, yes. did you have a nutty bar? We did not oh, go over to Arnold's man. Park. So everybody out there, so the reason you should go to Okoboji is because it's a little oasis in Iowa, but there's kind of this like amusement park area. The town is called Arnold's Park right on the lake. But there's this old roller coaster, old wooden roller coaster, and this little ice cream shop called the Nutty Bar, mm-hmm. which is a cube of ice cream, then dipped in chocolate, right, covered in crushed peanuts, right, with a stick in it, right, which has probably been replicated all over the country in, in various forms. But no way, <laughs> <laughs> surely not. Ice cream, chocolate, <laughs> nuts, peanuts, yeah. really. But if you want it in a frozen cube form with a little stick, you have to go to Arnold's Park. You do. We did not make it there during during the pandemic. Oh, uh, well. And we actually did some uh, filming of some promotional videos for the vocations office, and nice. we were actually pretty busy. Oh, good. Um, and then playing the Kovadis retreat yeah. for all the young discerners. So it was a good time. And always, after, always such a good time of fraternity. Yeah. Just a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for the guys who hadn't had a chance to see each other much over the summer, or even for those who were assigned together and could reconnect, mm-hmm. we had a really good time and just building one another up, praying with one another, uh, recreating. It's a good time. Great. Good to hear. Sorry you weren't with us, but you're always Missed welcome to stop out. by. Father yes. Matthew Salentius stopped by. had lunch with us one day. Shoot. Where were you? Gosh. Well, and that's like kind Open of a invite. dick because I just replaced Father Matthew Salentius. So it's like, who, well, who's he trying to, I mean, who's he trying to impress? Like, <laughs> I can't keep up with that. Right. I was too busy grinding out at the parish, but someday. What a slave to the ministry you that's are. Right. That's right. Indeed. What are we talking about? Father Travis. Today, Father Shane. You know, there's an awful lot of people in the church who get labeled as, you know, when a lot of shade is being thrown around, like you stupid Catholics, Mm. you know, oh, you like have like traditional values. Oh, yeah. And like you have like these ancient beliefs and. Yeah. Oh, that's that's all from the medieval times. Well, Yeah. yeah, right. So like, why do you Catholics get so stuck in the past? Like. You're so stupid. Like, why don't you just, like, get with the modern times, right, right. you know? Yeah, what are you trying to do? Like, we've all moved past. What are you tr- What are you trying to do staying way back there? Exactly. Yeah. So these, these, um, these insults uh, really rooted in a, a deep lack of understanding uh, get thrown around all the time. And there's this understanding that you Catholics are just stuck in the past. If you would only, like, get into fifth gear, catch up with the modern world— and just be with the rest of us, then you Catholics wouldn't seem so out to lunch. Right. All you outcasts out there. Um, and the, the, the ironic thing is, is this mentality uh, has been around since easily the 18th century. Sure. I mean, oh, if you, enlightenment and everything. Yeah. yeah. If you look at, in your own philo- uh, philosophy studies, if you go back and, and look at some of the great philosophical writings coming out of the 1700s, it's been mm-hmm. very clear since then that there is this disdain for the past right. 
and this great optimism towards the future. Totally. You know, we have embraced the here and now, and we're just going to be so much better off. Um, all of which culminates, of course, in the French Revolution, right? Yep. And the, 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 clear, the clear start, or at least the, uh, the clear arrival moment that we have arrived philosophically as a Western culture in this disdain for the past. Right. We don't need those outdated shepherds of the church and the church's authority. Uh, we don't need any kind of um, monarchy government leading right. us that is so passé. Get rid of that. And then even as modernity continued, we don't need some sort of philosophical system from ancient Greece. Sure. Why would we need that? Who and needs that? And progress from Christ. Yeah. And so the irony in all of this is everyone claims now since the uh, 18th century to be so progressive. Right. Yet after about three centuries, <laughs> it's becoming the tradition to try and be progressive. Yeah. Right. You know it? Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. This is the irony. Right. We're so progressive, get rid of the past, and we're going we're gonna to claim this mentality oh, for oh, like over three to 400 years. Right. You know? And this is, the, this is the trajectory that Western philosophy has been taking us, and it's had an impact on the church. Um, and, and society, right? Like, so the folks maybe who've li- who are listening or just your friends who are outside the church, it's this idea of like the next year, the next moment has to be, will be better than the previous. Right. And the more technology we have, the more of this we have, the more of this we have, it's the best, better. Right. When you can do things on your, I don't know, when you can just like get a lot of information from your from your TV, from your phone, from your, your Apple Watch, why do you need to go to some like some musty church and listen mm-hmm. to some old priest tell you anything. Right. Why do you need to gather with people and pray? Right. So, yeah, this is the disdain that's been held out there. And the, and the idol, kind of the idolization of progression. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of make progress an idol in itself. That, well, we're just going to keep progressing to something better. And as Fulton Sheen always pointed out, okay, well, then you're never actually at anything better. Because even yeah. if you get to, to tomorrow... Well, the next day is going to even be better. So you can't even enjoy tomorrow because two days out, well, that's really going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. So when you make progress an idol, you actually never arrive because wow. there's always more to progress toward, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> it can't stop in the idolization of progression. Anyways, I'm not, uh, in bringing this up, Father Travis, I'm not saying that there aren't good things about the modern world. Uh, certainly the advancement of some civil rights. The roadcaster that we're recording this on Well, right of now. course, <laughs> the... Uh, there have been great advances in technology, modern right. medicine, modern travels. Um, there's been great advances in how some democratic societies function. Sure. Um, so there are some really good things about the quote-unquote modern world. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, attached to that in certain circles of society is this disdain for the past. And uh, it doesn't work with Christianity. Mm. Uh, you cannot just throw out the past and be a progressively thinking Christian because you actually lose your roots, Mm. right? Um, So it's not that Christians are inherently, well, I would say it this way, we are inherently conservative. Mm. I'm not saying we are economically all conservative. I'm not saying we're politically all conservative. But we are inherently trying to conserve something of the past. And and maybe traditional in that we're trying to hand on something from the past. Yeah. yeah. Which would be what? God's revelation. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, God stepped into time and space in history 
and he revealed himself to us. And if we're made in God's image and likeness, then when he reveals himself, well, then all of a sudden we learn a lot more about ourselves as well right. and, and our design of human nature, which he designed. And then when you look at our entire gift of salvation mm-hmm. made, pas- made possible by the Paschal Mystery, you know, right. uh, the passion, death, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord Jesus, that all happened in history. Right. That all happened in a place, yeah. on a date, at a certain hour, right. in time, right? So there we are inherently conservative when we try and conserve the very roots of who we are and mm-hmm. the gift of salvation that's been opened up to us. Mm-hmm. And then ironically, we're also very progressive knowing that Jesus will come again and that we are always looking forward to that great day of union with him right. uh, when we pass from this world into the world to come, eagerly anticipating and not always fearing Judgment Day, but eagerly anticipating that day in which his kingdom will be fully alive. Right. And we're, we're, we're progressive in the fact that while the definitive revelation of God stopped with the death of the last apostle, right. we've all received the Holy Spirit from Pentecost through each of our baptisms and confirmation mm-hmm. that we know that God is continually, while he's not revealing himself like publicly to the whole world, he's revealing himself to each of our hearts daily, every moment. Mm-hmm. And there's always this deeper uh, life to dive into with the Holy Trinity. Right. There's so much progress there. There's so much exciting and new horizons to continue to um, venture into. Exactly. Well said. Because even though the gift of our salvation occurred as a historical reality, mm-hmm. God is not dead, right? He's very much alive. He's living on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> He's roaring like a lion. Do you That's... want to start singing for us? <laughs> yeah. Newsboys, right? Not a, not a great movie that that song is featured in. <laughs> but God is still very much alive. Right. And so while the gift of salvation came forth as a historical reality, it is still very much alive. And the, the encounter with the living Lord in this time and in this place is always possible, mm-hmm. uh, which keeps us moving forward with a great sense of hope, mm-hmm. Right. But nevertheless, there is this cultural, this societal disdain for the past. Anything that seems traditional, anything that seems kind of of ancient roots, well, that is somehow just kind of inherently anti-modern. Right. And it is somehow just holding us back like we've got balls and chains uh, just attached to our feet, right. you know, as if we're in shackles and we can't actually move into the next century or something. That, dis- that disdain for the past, for a practicing Christian— would really just separate you from the very roots of mm. how you became a Christian. And, right? what, and what Christianity is. Exactly. Namely, a relationship with a real person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who came to earth in a particular time and place. Yes. Right? So I, I worry about this, um, and, and I would encourage our, our listeners to be very cautious of anyone who is always pr- uh, pushing this ultra kind of progressive model mm-hmm. of, of living in which one kind of loses track of their own roots. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great sociologist in England by the name of Frank Ferretti, and he wrote an article a couple of years ago uh, called No Patrimony. And it can be found on the internet, and it's a great read. And he, he says this, he's, as a sociologist, he's critiquing some of the things he's seeing occurring on university campuses and uh, the lack of of formation that undergrads have when they step on campus coming out of high school, but then also kind of what is the relationship to them and their professors and what do the professors have to do in continuing this, this parenting of certain undergrads Mm -hmm. because the parenting wasn't always there and present. 
But he says this about um, this cultural reality that we're now seeing. He, qu- he says this, quote, Educators and experts justify this act of evasion by claiming that in a fast-changing world, the values and customs of the past become irrelevant. What children need is an education that provides them with the skills that are necessary for them to be confident, flexible, and emotionally intelligent. So he's, he's kind of oh, yeah. you know, mocking the, the, the contemporary university sure. setting. He continues by saying this, If society is changing so rapidly, then the moral, artistic, and political content of the past is less valuable than the, adapt, than the ability to adapt to constantly changing conditions. Mm. From this standpoint, the past and its values are not a legacy worth transmitting to young people. And so what he's seeing here is on these campuses of our universities that these young people are showing up with no patrimony. Right. They don't have an appreciation or even an an enculturation of the past that has always shaped uh, Western civilization, but particularly Christians. Right. But also he's critiquing at the same time that there is really no value in going back to try and recovering that. All you should really be focusing on as technical a young, skills. Technical skills and a constant ability to change and adapt. Right. Open-mindedness. Right. Right. Just stay open-minded because the next thing is going to make you change tomorrow, so you yeah. just got to be ready. Right. Um, hmm. And then what does that leave? It, 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 it leaves somebody with no patrimony, mm-hmm. with no roots, and therefore really makes one question, do you have any identity at all? Right. Right. While you're, while you're sharing that, thanks for sharing that article. That's really great. I'm just thinking of I, in some ways, have kind of grown up in that mentality mm-hmm. and then grown out of that in some ways through my formation in seminary, right? especially in undergrad for myself. Uh, so in, in seminary, if you go into college seminary, you get a liberal arts, a bachelor's liberal arts in liberal arts, whatever, however you say that, right? and in, in philosophy. But a liberal arts education, I realized, I don't think I was really like kind of educated in high school to desire that mm-hmm. because it's kind of useless right now in, in, in society. Why, Depending why would, how you define useless. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Oh, that's what people think today. Yeah. That it's not of much practical progressive use. Right. Right. However, the more I started to study history, literature, um, philosophy, the more I realized we learn so much about who we are by where we've been mm-hmm. and then learn about where we want to go and how we're going to get there from that and, and realizing how important that is. Um, it wasn't like studying philosophy so that we could discover the next new best philosophy. Like it was to realize, wow, there has been this wisdom that's been passed on. And sometimes different things have been uh, accentuated and different things have been kind of ignored. Mm-hmm. But to realize the, like you said, the patrimony and the roots that have led us here, we can see what we need to hold on to and what we need to sort of prune. Well, what you're talking to, the image came to mind of like, you keep saying roots. It's so clear that like with a tree or with a plant, certain things need to be pruned away as it grows, but the roots need to be cared for. Like friends who are really into wine talk about like viticulture and stuff. Right. There's so much care that goes into making sure the roots are well established. And then it's all about taking care of the different like elements of the, the leaves and the grapes and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. the roots have to be cared for so that the plant can actually flourish. Pruning can happen. But you can't just chop off the trunk and expect to have like a whole new plant. Exactly. And I think we just see so many people these days wandering around with no roots. And so therefore, what is really uh, nurturing the trunk of the tree of their lives? Right. 
what is bearing fruit on the branches of their lives. If there's not roots that are being nurtured and fed with things that are long lasting, with things that aren't just going to fade out tomorrow on TikTok, right? Yeah. What is, what is actually going to be nurturing and giving them identity and a foundational platform on which to stand? Right. So for any of our listeners out there who um, maybe just feel like you're an outcast because like you actually think that traditional things are valuable, mm-hmm. uh, if you think that it should be good to stay rooted in some ancient beliefs, we are here to champion your cause That's and right. to encourage you that you are, you are staying grounded in the very thing that has given Christians their identity for 2,000 years. Right. A the, real, the real history, historical revelation of right. the God-man. Right. right. Who, who came in a particular time and place, formed his chosen people, who th- then had the opportunity to receive or reject the Messiah when this, the fullness of salvation arrived. Right. And uh, from that, we have the ongoing opportunity to step into that gift of salvation and live it very fully here and now. Right. Well, and then on the other side of that, to those who might think that the church and that kind of traditional values, like you mentioned before, are really out of touch, just pay attention to what you're kind of into right now. I've just noticed so much people are getting really into things that are sort of old-fashioned, right? Mm. So, like, beards are kind of in vogue. So, things are kind of, it's all going back to, like, these pipes. Right, right. So, that's, like, with the masculine side of things. Um, But then also just, like, the, the craft movement that's come about with different types of, uh, like food and beverage and stuff. Um, but so much is going back to like, I just want to cook with just a cast iron skillet or something like that. Right. And it's this, it's this appeal back to a simpler time, a more intentional kind of authentic time. Right. Right. Notice that that's good. That's a good desire, but that's coming from the same desire to actually be rooted in, in your history too, of your family, of your ancestry and of the faith that has built Western society. Well, and how many commercials do you see in which people are invited to take these DNA tests to learn about their ancestral history? So that desire is there, but to just recognize that, okay, great. You have that desire. And in some ways the church has the answer because we have an unbroken succession of 2000 years of traditio of passing down our rootedness and Mm -hmm. focusing on where we're grounded. Absolutely. Right, so for all of our listeners out there, uh, stay grounded, stay rooted. Uh, you are not stupid. You are not an outcast for wanting to hold fast to a foundation that gives you your identity moving forward, an identity that only helps to shape you in your personal well-being, but also helps just to say, shape uh, society in its cultural foundations. Absolutely. So, Father Travis, it is always good to be with you. Thanks for your time today. Uh, Likewise. Best of luck in all your ministry. Up Thanks. On the Mars. Absolutely. You yeah. too. Thank you. In Sioux City. Great topic. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.